Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. My name is Kelsey Loisel, editor and writer for ScreenGeek.net. And here with me to help navigate the insanity of film podcasting is my co-host... Uh, Mark Salcedo, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. We are here to give you the news, good or bad, from the real world. See what I did there? Like film real? No? Okay. Moving on. You're a whack. <laughs> We, we will have segments covering film in various ways, such as how it should have ended, what to watch and what not to, and other ways we've yet to invent. But what we're really excited about is giving you our unsolicited opinion about one new film, barely released, and one classic film. I haven't seen many of the classics people geek out over, and things I have seen I was either too young to remember or have forgotten it over the years. Yeah, and I, I'm... Uh, I am what some would call like a cinephile or a film buff. Uh, I fell in love with movies when I was around seven, and I've been studying the art since uh, since then. So my uh, nostalgia for film is like a religion for me. Um, and once we've seen the films, we'll talk about them from those standpoints and see if the old films have aged well, like wine or cheese. I'm cheesy. So you guys can't hear that, but I was shaking my head in disgust. Yeah, well, it's okay. We'll see if everyone shakes their head in disgust, <laughs> you know, when we talk about the news. Yeah, they're, they're, they're dry heaving already. I know. It's okay. I can hear them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what happened in the news today, or <clears throat> what happened in the news on Tuesday is, uh, which is yesterday, sorry, uh, was that Disney um, is in full control of Hulu. Which uh, people were kind of, well, I, I myself saw this coming. Um, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid of our Disney overlords. They will, you know, treat us nice. You know, it's a small world after all. <laughs> okay. okay, so what happened was that um, Disney had already bought uh, Fox, Fox Studios, and Fox Studios had a certain share uh, in Hulu. So they were already gaining momentum as in trying to control uh, Hulu altogether so what happened was that hulu bought uh comcast uh who who owns nbc universal and uh from what i i i saw two numbers from what from what i'm understanding the stake is about like 5.8 billion dollars mm. yeah so they they're 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 seriously throwing some like some money at the whole streaming service thing um and what's going to happen is uh, from what I read that uh, Disney, sorry, I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now. Uh, the deal will, the deal has been finalized, but uh, NBC Universal will can still actually have their content content licensed to Hulu up until 2024. But they actually might 
uh, be cutting that short because NBC Universal, you know, NBC Channel, uh, is creating their own streaming service. So they, they're going to take that away pretty soon as well. They might. That's my mm-hmm. guess. Well, okay, so what's the difference between Disney buying Hulu mm-hmm. and Disney making their own streaming service? Like, why, like why, what's the difference? Well, the difference is Disney, that, let's see, that's, that's something that kind of puzzled me, is that Disney is, um, Disney has Disney Plus coming out, and they have Star Wars, Marvel, and a lot of Fox, uh, a lot of uh, Fox, Fox's library out there. So no one really knows exactly what they're doing with Hulu. They, I guess they might just, well, Hulu has like their own private content. You know, there's Hulu produced mm-hmm. films. So they might just be taking some of that content as well. Um, like, for example, uh, there's a couple of shows that's escaping me right now. But, uh, oh, like, oh, like the show, uh, there's a show called uh, Rami that's on there, which mm-hmm. we will talk about later. Great show, but that's a Hulu, uh, that's presented by Hulu, that's owned by A24. So can, they're, they're, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Disney just kind of envelops Hulu, so Hulu kind of becomes no more, and they kind of like take everything that was owned by Hulu, and uh, now The Handmaid's Tale is on Disney Plus? Oh my god! <laughs> that means like The Handmaid's Tale is like a princess story or some shit. You know they're gonna make that, they're gonna make that comparison. Holy shit! I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um, what's a what's another Hulu? Um, Hulu produced uh, show. Wow, I haven't seriously. Everything I'm thinking about is either like Amazon or like Marvel. No, everything like, I'm thinking about is something that was just on Hulu that's not Hulu's. Oh, okay. So, um, see, I want to say like The Runaways, but that's Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, uh, well, I want to say uh, The Passage. That was a good, that was a Hulu show, but that show has been canceled. Um, so, there was another one that. Um, the guy from Burn Notice was on. Oh, yeah. Didn't he play like a psychic or a palm reader or some shit mm-hmm. like that? Is that show even still on? I don't know. I know they came out the second season and I failed to watch it. Oh, okay. Well, the reason, one of the reasons why Disney might be doing this is um, Netflix has about 150 million subscribers globally. And Hulu is about 27 million. So, Disney. So right there, you already have twenty million subscribers for Disney itself, and you know, once Disney Plus comes out, you're gonna have all these subscribers going that going that route. Like I've I've read an article that um, people Netflix subscribers will say they will cancel their Netflix account just to go to Disney Plus because of Star Wars, Simpsons, uh, Marvel, and stuff like that, which I think is kind of stupid to say. I actually think that. Now that I think about it, mm. Disney taking um, more shares of Hulu and taking control, um, I think they might end up bundling. I, yeah, I, I, I think I they're probably going to bundle, and then they're going to end up with more subscribers that way, and people mm-hmm. are going to stick around, and they're more likely to get the Disney Plus because they're not like, oh, like from the way I'm seeing it, like mm. you're saying Star Wars and all that, and I'm just like, I can only watch so much The Little Mermaid. Yeah, but see, Disney has like a lot of other other different um, 
films that were produced that's not cartoon or Pixar-esque or shit like that. Um, so, like I said, Disney has Fox's library now. And I know you and I kind of talked about how Fox doesn't really have shit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Fox has aliens. Come yeah. on. I mean, no. The one that I'm interested in is Anastasia. Oh, God. You're like the only one who's interested in that I movie. love Anastasia. Yeah. Because you're, you're a psycho. <laughs> anyway, so how do you think this is going to affect the streaming market? I mean, you said you mentioned bundle. They're going to bundle up. But do you think this is going to be like a huge upset for Netflix? Do you think like Disney is going to be like a serious competitor now? Uh, with them taking Hulu? Yeah, I think it's now it's kind of more serious uh i think that coupled with the missteps of netflix just show it like purchasing all kinds of stories and producing whatever they can and seeing what sticks Mm -hmm. and having a crazy schedule i think um their quantity for whatever reason was more important than their quality all of a sudden yeah yeah i think that was a huge mistake and now like it, maybe it would have been okay if mm. this didn't happen, but this happened, and now, you know, there's only so much Nicolas Cage everyone wants to see on Netflix. Oh, what are you, you talking know? about, Nicolas Cage? Give give Nicolas Cage its own his own streaming service. He needs his own streaming service. Yeah, to fit all his personalities and shit like that. <laughs> um, one person who is actually pretty thrilled about this uh is bob Iger, obviously the ceo of disney uh bob Iger said hulu represents the best of television um that's i think that's an uh, that's an honest jab at netflix because you had mentioned that they had picked uh quantity over quality i think the reason why they did pick quantity over quality because they had to compete with essentially cable tv there were so many options to pick that wasn't netflix that you can just watch on direct or Time Warner or whatever your service is. So I think that's why they did that. I mean, I think... I disagree with that. Really? Okay. I think that Netflix got too big for their britches, basically. And they they were like, oh, Stranger Things is pretty good. Yeah. You know, all these things that we're doing right now are pretty good. So we can't fail. Because their whole thing already was... Um... Let's take people away from, you know, cable, which is expensive and restrictive. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they can stream things whenever they want and see whatever they want. And then, you know, then they started making crappy, like, quickly made whatever to, like, feed their need to put more stuff (laughs) out there. I don't think they. I don't think they really made a lot of the crap. They just bought a lot of crap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think that it was like their ego. Yeah, that's probably. I think it. it was a little ego. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you guys actually want to check out, uh, uh, my opinion, it's a pretty good breakdown. I say it's pretty good because I wrote it. <laughs> a breakdown of the uh, impending streaming wars and all the uh, crazy amount of streaming services and the links these uh, streaming companies are going to try to get your dollar. You can actually check it out on ScreenGeek.net. Uh, under the editorial portion of the page. But I want to ask Kelsey something. She seemed pretty excited about some news that came out this week. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, you want to you wanna tell the audience why you're so thrilled about this? No. 
No? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> End of the show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. When you talk about being a kid growing up in the 90s mm-hmm. and the go-to channel that everyone was wanting to watch as a child yes. was Nickelodeon. Absolutely. I loved everything about Nickelodeon. I loved Doug. I even watched Gullah Gullah Island, which was like, you know, younger than my age, but I still fucking love that show. I'm older than you, and I fucked with Gullah Gullah Island. That shit was dope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my favorite show, uh, and when we first started talking, you know, and we were going through, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite show? Yeah, that that time old question. Mm -hmm. Rocco's Modern Life was the show that I said yes. and it was so funny because that was also your favorite show. Oh, it's I don't know well that and probably like Ren and Stimpy, but I think Rocco's Modern Life was way smarter. I think Ren and Stimpy was a little bit too old for me. Yeah. So and I didn't were, get it. And they were a pretty f- fucking wild on that cartoon. I'm yeah. I don't know how they consider that as a kids show. <laughs> uh but so go go on. So, uh, speaking of Netflix, mm-hmm. Netflix purchased. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominating the streaming service. <laughs> yeah. they, they purchased Rocco's Modern Life and Invader Zim movies that were recently produced. Oh, so these are already made and ready to go? I know Rocker, Rocker. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life <laughs> is, um, I'm not sure about um, Invader Zim. I don't know a whole lot about that that film or that show yeah, at all. I, that, I never got into that cartoon. A lot of my friends did. I mean, mind you, we did a lot of drugs. <laughs> so that might have been it, but I can ne- I, I just never got into Invader Zim. Hmm. Um, it just looks kind of weird. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. weird's okay. Like, I like the, um, what's that gumball show? The Amazing World of Gumball? Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I don't watch it because mm-hmm. I'm too busy. But the times that I have seen it, uh-huh. I'm just completely enchanted. Like, it's like like I'm in a trance. I'm just sitting there just staring at the screen, yeah. and I can't... It's like I probably drool while watching it. See, you'll, you say you'll drool, and I say I'll crack the fuck up, because I love Gumball, like... I, that, that's, a, that's a cartoon that you can laugh your ass off and not even be stoned mm-hmm. while watching it. And that's something that like me and my <clears throat> me and my daughter like to watch together and like make jokes about it later. Mm. Well, I don't I don't really show a lot of emotion during shows or mm-hmm. movies or whatever. So cold heart, cold heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. If if I watch something and I think it's funny, mm-hmm. I'll just have to tell you I think it's funny. <laughs> so I'm laughing on the inside. Because, you know, it's what's inside that counts. Yeah, you, yeah, you're telling me like this. Mark, that is funny. I am laughing ha right ha. now. Ha. No, you don't even get the ha-ha, just laughing. 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 <laughs> Evil chuckle. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's so funny, actually. I'm going back to Rocco's Modern Life. Um, one thing I really hope that the film keeps mm. is... Their duplicitous nature. Oh, for for Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. Yeah, they have some, some dirty jokes in there that you didn't understand until you're an adult. Exactly. Actually, 
I hadn't really thought about Rocco's Modern Life until a couple years ago uh, when I started. Well, you know, streaming services became really popular. Yeah. And um, I think there's one called VRV, and they do, like, these bundles where you could do, I don't know if it's, like, Disney, but they have a Nickelodeon package. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've checked out VRV here and there. Well, I saw that they had, like, Angry Beavers on there and all kinds of stuff. I couldn't get into that cartoon. I, I, I don't that understand. <laughs> that one's so great. That, that was... Okay, I watched a lot of... Because he's so angry. And he's like, why? I'm just... Why are you so angry? See, this is the thing. And they're always like, man, I'm going to get you. Man. I've, I've watched a lot of stupid stuff growing up. But that shit is stupid. <laughs> like... I, I just shake my head like, why is this funny? I don't understand it. It's like The Big Bang Theory. I don't understand why people watch that stupid I've ass show. I've never watched that show. Yeah, fuck that show. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, we lost all our listeners because a bunch of people love that show. <laughs> um, what was I getting at with Rocco's Modern Life? Oh. The, dupl- the, the duplicitous nature of... Yeah. <laughs> I think I only realized if like two or three years ago that Rocco was a um, telephone like sex operator. Yes, I didn't realize that growing up until well, I didn't realize that as a child, but I did as an adult. Hmm. Um, do you, <laughs> now that you say that, every time I think about wow, he worked at a sex phone hotline, I just think of that part where he's holding <laughs> he's holding the phone, he's going. Oh baby, oh baby, oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> it's like, wow, that shit was dirty, man. <laughs> I think the lack of emotion when he did that was very what made it and kind of go under the radar for kids. Yeah, yeah. Because if he that. was really like really acting and trying to like make the other person believe he was enjoying whatever. Yeah. Okay. Then, <laughs> then it probably wouldn't have uh, been aired. Yeah, and some of them, uh, some of those episodes, they actually had like some um, some serious topics on it. I think they there was an episode they talked about death, like maybe um, I can't remember the turtle name. I think his name was Philbert. He was, I think he had a pet that died or something like that. And they did Philbert was always dealing with something. Yeah, and he had well now shit now we're thinking about it, he had like full blown anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like that boy was tragic. <laughs> um. So I actually really can't wait for it to end up. Well, I actually read something recently Mm. about how the reason why Rocco's Modern Life didn't come out. um, The reason why it didn't come out in theater is because I guess Nickelodeon tried to reboot Hey Arnold and it flopped. I remember hearing about that that Hey Arnold Reef. Oh, sorry, <clears throat> that Hey Arnold reboot and nothing ever came of well, it. But it, it's because why did they choose that one? That was a shit. That was not a very good show. Like yeah. I liked, kind of liked Arnold, and I liked his friend Gerald. Oh yeah, the black kid. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and that was kind of it. I really like. I my blood was boiling at the end of every episode because I hated <laughs> Helga that much. Yeah, I hated her. And she had that massive unibrow. Someone like just bold. Someone just wrote a line and just hit bold on the, on the monitor. And that was it. Yeah. Um, if they if they would have done Rocco's Modern Life to begin with, maybe yeah, you know, off. as a series, maybe. Yeah. 
then they probably would have done better. But, you know, choose something stupid and get stupid results. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they might. This might be like a testing ground to say, like, hey, let's see if we can bring back Rocco's Modern Life. Because there's still that still nostalgia. I would say there's more of a nostalgia love for Rocco than Hey Arnold. I know. So it's, they should have just led with that. No. I mean, we don't run Nickelodeon. So that's it. <laughs> we should. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. We'll probably fuck it up, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, well... Kelsey, you also had something you want to talk about uh, that happened to you. Well, not happened to you, that hit you kind of home. So actually, kind of speaking of Nickelodeon, um, this person Mm. uh, who just died recently, um, Tim Conway, Mm -hmm. he was 85 years old. He actually was the voice of Barnacle Boy in Spongebob. Yes, I didn't didn't know that. And I used to to love watching Spongebob. I only found that out today. I was like, oh, no, he was Barnacle Boy, really? Uh-huh. And then I found out um, Mermaid Man died in, like, 2012. Who did Mermaid Man? It was, His like voice did sound familiar. Now I'm, like, rethinking. Borgnine or... Oh, Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Um, and, and then, you know, at, when he died, mm-hmm. their voices were silent. Like, they, the characters, whenever they would show up, they wouldn't be voiced. Oh, yeah, that's kind of like, hey, we don't want to, like, take away from this person's legacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so Tim Conway passed away. Um, and, you know, my mom being the TV land guru that she is, um, I used to watch the Carol Burnett show with her. Mm. And it was hilarious. I think he was one of maybe my second favorite person on the show. Um, and then I, when I was looking more up on Tim Conway, mm-hmm. I actually, yes. um, Harvey, what's his name? Harvey Corman. Okay. He's actually my number one favorite oh, because okay. he comes off so serious and it makes it all that more funny. Gotcha. Okay. Um, he died in like 2008 and I didn't, I mean, I didn't know who he was then cause I wasn't watching that show yet, but mm. oh man. Well, you know, that. I'm so glad you're up and up on who's dying from the Carol Burnett show. I know. I need to know everything about who's dying in the Carol Burnett show. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Car- the Carol Burnett show. I did watch clips of it, and I kind of would watch it with my mom when she would watch TV Land or Nick at Night or whatever. So I got, I understand, like, why that show was so funny. I mean, there's a couple parts where I cracked up. I'm actually surprised Carol Burnett's still alive. Mm. Um, but I was more of a fan of... Um, <clears throat> Uh, of his son's work, Tim Conway Jr. Mm. Uh, he's had a couple of radio shows that I used to really dig until he kind of started really bleeding in his conservative values on those shows. I was like, all mm. right, dude, I think I'm going to step away from this. <laughs> yeah, uh, it always sucks. It's like one of those things, don't meet your idol. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God, don't tell me. Um, so, so, yeah, Tim Conway. Dead at 85. R.I.P. This is the dead podcast. The dead podcast. (laughs) Yeah, because we talked about John Singleton dying. uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. I know. And and then Peter Mayhew. Don't get me started. I don't want the tears to come. You don't want the tears? I like your tears. They make me happy. (laughs) God, it's psycho. Happy tears. Well, (laughs) your sad tears, but my happy tears. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, um, Peter Mayhew died about two weeks ago. Um, Chewie, him, Chewie himself passed away, and uh, we, I remember we seen him once at a con, 
he looked pretty old and kind yeah. of just not really out of it, but just like wow, he's coming up on age. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a that was pretty that was hard headed because you know I grew up with Star Wars. You know, mm. everybody wanted everybody wanted Chewie to be their friend, their co pilot. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't let him be the pilot because they're assholes, but whatever. I think what made him so badass was that, um, you know, that belt of. Oh, I think it was like grenades or something like that. Was it grenades? I thought it was bullets. They don't have bullets in Star Wars. It's laser beams. That doesn't mean that it wouldn't be a continuity issue. It would just be part of the costume. I don't know what to say to that. Other, other than that doesn't make sense, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that goes exactly right along with what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, I don't. We don't want this to be the sad podcast, talking about people who died recently. Instead, I think Kelsey wants to make this into the angry podcast. You got some, uh, something on your mind? <laughs> You're just waiting for this yes! part. Yes! All right. Yes. There we were, going to watch a film at the theater, and I don't remember which film. I think it was Avengers uh, okay. with the kids. And we passed the movie poster, and it was penguins on it. There were penguins. Uh-huh. And it's a Disney movie. And it's uh-huh. one that has not come out yet. Okay. <sighs> Didn't they come out with a penguins movie already, like, a couple years ago? I, I don't know. It feels like they come out with a penguin documentary or whatever every, like... <sighs> year or every two years there's like a march of the penguins 14 or some shit like that like i get it we like penguins but choose something else like i don't know owls why don't we follow owls maybe because they're harder to to film i guess well you know the challenge will make it better i guess you know that's true they're not out in the open where anyone could film them Mm -hmm. you know like penguins all huddled up together but they're so, look, they're so adorable. What do you have against penguins? That I see them too much. <laughs> like anybody else. Cause <laughs> well, because they're penguins. Of course. They're the cutest fucking thing in the world. Look, we had, we had Happy Feet, Happy Feet 2. This movie came we like had, 10 years ago. Nah, Happy Feet 2 was like two years ago. No. Yeah, he came. it came out like... After Norma the North, which was a terrible fucking movie. What, what, what the fuck is that? What's Norma the North? <laughs> Norma the North is a polar bear that somehow ends up where people are and has to help save the wild from some evil person who's trying to like... Stop, I'm already bored. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so too many penguin movies from, uh, you know, from Disney. <laughs> too many penguin movies. You say too many. I say not enough. Fuck you. <laughs> Your opinion officially does not oh, matter. Okay, well that's our show, folks. My opinion <laughs> no longer matters because I like because well I don't like them, but I'm just arguing with her for the sake of arguing. <laughs> that's why I said fuck you. <laughs> you gotta hit it home. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all your anger. Yeah. So, you know, with my anger right there and palpable and ripe and ready to punch everybody for everything, Mm -hmm. let me tell you something that I actually like. What? Actually, you know what? 
you should tell me something that you like so I can sit here and try to, you know, forget about the fucking penguins. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Okay, so uh, we got a bit of a segment we actually just started. Yeah, Uh, actually, it's called Try This, Not That. mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about um, shows that we like, shows that we don't like, or movies that we like or don't Mm -hmm. like. Um, and Mark recently started watching a show that he really enjoys. Yeah. The show is called, uh, Rami. It's on Hulu. Am I saying that right? Rami, right? I think it's Rami. Rami. Oh my God. It's so bad. Okay. Yes. Rami. It's on Hulu and it's created and starring, uh, Rami Youssef. Um, so it's a story of a, of guy. He's an Egyptian immigrant and he's kind of coming up at an age. I think he's like in his thirties living out in New York and everything from, uh, he was raised like in a Muslim household, um, and he's not really in. He's not really spiritual, but mm-hmm. he gets a certain point in his life where he's kind of looking into spirituality to kind of help guide him. He's kind of like a wandering soul or whatever. <clears throat> and you know, it's just like a coming of age story of this guy just trying to find himself. And I'm really digging on the show because uh, it it gives us a peek into that world i mean we get a lot of tv shows where we follow the white male we follow the cop we follow the black family we follow the drug dealers we follow stories that are relatable to um certain minority groups and i've never really seen a show like this that focuses so heavily on people of the muslim faith or who people who worship islam in a realistic way right? yeah in a very realistic way but a very comedic way like there's a lot of times where I'm just like laughing really loud at like the ridiculousness because they don't play it for like slapstick or like for stupid jokes. They make it like relatable, but like in a different culture. Mm-hmm. Like the mother who's paranoid of like her daughter because he has a sister. The mother who's paranoid of of her daughter being violated on the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's every parent's you know fear. But she's also saying like, I don't want you to go out because you're not married. Mm. You have to find a husband first. And then the daughter is very, like, against her religion and very, like, look, I'm a, I want to be a free woman. This is very uh, constricted of my beliefs and everything like that. But at the same time, her parents, they kind of have a point at what they're trying to instill in her. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I, one of the things I really dig about the show is that it doesn't mainly focus on him. That, like, most of the, I think it's maybe about, like, 10 episodes. Yeah, it's about 10 episodes. Not every episode follows him. There's a couple episodes where it follows the sister. There's an episode where it follows the mother, which is actually really good. I, I was really digging on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I, that, I mean, that's one of the things I liked about it. And one, the, the big thing I liked about it was the way it took, the, sh- the show went. Uh, at one point he, ends. it's not really like a spoiler, but it's just a progression. You know this is going to happen. At one point he ends up back in Egypt to mm-hmm. try to find himself. And he like, comes in contact with somebody that gives him the answers that he wants mm-hmm. and gives gives him a vision of a life with somebody, but he definitely should not be with that person <laughs> like at all. And then the way it ended, I was just like, holy shit, season two, fuck yeah. And it, I think it got announced like a couple weeks ago that they are doing a second season. Oh, good. Yeah, so it's a great show. And it's produced by A24, who produce great fucking films. Yeah, I love their stuff. I didn't know about them until we started going out and watching things, mm-hmm. but I haven't been disappointed by anything they've done. Yeah, their stuff is really good. Uh, First Reformed, I think, is A24. Uh, oh, 
uh, movie Brie Larson did, I think it might be A24. Captain Marvel. Did you say First Reformed? Yeah, First Reformed, the Ethan Hawke film. Oh, yeah, I don't like that movie. Oh, my God. No, we liked it. It's just that third act is kind of just dumb. It made me so depressed. It did its job. No, I don't want to be (laughs) depressed. I'm already depressed all the time. I don't need to be depressed while watching a movie. It makes you feel. You want to feel, right? No. Oh, okay. You, oh, yeah, you want to be the ice queen? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> not a penguin, though. But they're so adorable. Well, I'm not adorable. You can be. Just, but you, you are adorable because you're cold. As ice. <laughs> like a penguin. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, definitely check it out. Uh, Rami is on Hulu. Uh, the entire season is on Hulu. Um uh, no word yet on when the second season is going to come out. Probably like sometime next year, but definitely check it out. Uh, and I watched something else <clears throat> on Showtime uh, called Kidding. Uh, it's created by Dave Holstein, and now it stars uh, Jim Carrey. I've uh, I've loved Jim Carrey ever since he talked to America through his ass in Ace Ventura <laughs> no I actually, re- actually rewind that his days in a living color I loved him in a living color that mm-hmm. dude was hilarious so he's got this show um, one of the producers is Michael Michael Godry or Godry Gondry sorry Michael Gondry okay <clears throat> the du- this is the dude behind Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Be Kind Rewind I think he's been like Statistiki New York um, The Science of Sleep that really like kind of kooky kind of like practical effects but like it looks like somebody like a kid was making the effects at mm-hmm. the same time and what the story is <clears throat> excuse me the story is uh jim carrey who plays jeff a famous children's television icon struggles to retain his sanity as his family falls apart so it's like what would happen if mr rogers was just slowly losing it Hmm. And it's like a it's a dark comedy. There are times where it gets really funny, and there are times it actually gets pretty sad. And there's like always a really good message behind it. I don't know. It, it sounds to me like the reason to watch it is just Jim Carrey. Not, I don't know about watching someone wholesome fall apart, as you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers. But I could kind of get behind that if it's like. A lot of funny things that you wouldn't expect to happen in someone's day yeah. happens to this person, and, and you're that, like, you have really bad fucking luck. And that and that happens quite a lot. Does it during the show? And it's like it's <clears throat> Jim Carrey's always been this guy who's just always like, "Mom, Jim Carrey, blah 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 blah." But he's been like really dialing it back. And this one, he dialed, like, there's no crazy Jim Carrey moment. There's like, I mean, if it is, it's very subtle. But he plays like a guy who's kind of just always optimistic. But like scary optimistic mm. like he wants to like incorporate the the topic of death into the a kid show and he's trying to do it in like creative ways but in a way they're really kind of weird and intense but still kind of crazy mm-hmm. so his producer is just constantly like stopping him like no don't do that don't do that and he finds another way around it right yeah um, yeah, but the movie doesn't, I'm sorry, the show doesn't mainly follow him. It follows, like, another, a number of members, uh, of the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, was it, uh, Judy Greer, Kathleen Keener, uh, Frank Lagella? I forgot. I think it's Frank Lagella. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and it follows them their stories as well, and it's like their their families kind of slowly falling apart, or like the the trials and tribulations they go through in their, their everyday lives. Mm. Um, I haven't finished the season. I, I haven't finished the season. I think they're still going on. I'm mm-hmm. on like episode four or five right now, and I think they're on episode ten. But uh, I completely love it. I like the last. I think like the last ten minutes of the sh- of the first episode sh- sold me on the show. I was like, "All right, I'm in. I'm, I want this wacky shit in my life right now." Mm. And um, highly, highly, highly recommend that one as well. Awesome, uh, Kelsey. So I have to tell you something. Mm-hmm. You know, also of a morbid but also funny uh, nature. You yes. know, where it's not so wholesome, but you can't help but love it anyway. Mm-hmm. A show called Killing Eve. Now, this is the story of uh, people hunting down Eve, the Eve of Garden, right? Uh, it gets referenced, but you know, no. Wow, I was making a joke and I did not even get that reference until like you just pointed it out. You didn't get that? <laughs> well, like, there- <laughs> you've been watching it with me. <laughs> sometimes I catch things and sometimes I don't. <laughs> Uh, hence why you did not go into baseball. Ta-da. Okay. I don't get that. Because you didn't catch it. <sighs> Look, as, as the words of my brethren Drax, it would not fly by me. I will catch it because my reflexes are fast. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I didn't mean... Yeah, so and, if I, and if I don't move, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can't see me. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, sorry. So, Killing Eve, Killing Eve, please. Killing Eve. <laughs> All right. I love this show. Anything that opens in a really unexpected way and just grabs you from the moment you it first comes on the screen, it's going to get get my attention. Yeah. So, the show follows um, this woman who is... Uh, played by Sandra Oh. Her name is Eve Palastri. Um, she's working for a company, uh, like an intelligence company. Yeah, like super secret, like even secreter than MIF, right? Or something like that? No, um, she's she's working with one company and she, uh, MI6, is MI6. working with okay. them. And then, you know, things happen and she ends up with MIS, MI6 directly. Oh, okay. Um, but she, she's an agent. Um and where most shows will follow an agent and the criminal that they're chasing, the main bad guy, um, there's like this, this, uh, what is it? This like tension between them and like angst and anger. Mm-hmm. Not so much with this one. Yeah, there's like an obsessive nature between, you know, Eve and the main villain. Yes. Um, but there's like a schoolgirl type love there. So there's like comedy and there's, you know, there's tension, but it's almost like a sexual tension. Um, so I have to actually talk about the, the main bad person. Yes. Her name is, well, she goes by Villanelle, right? Yeah. Which I don't know why I really like that name. Um, She's actually played by Jodie Comer. Or Jodie Comer. Um, she plays a Russian, like a Russian agent. Mm-hmm. She's an assassin. Um, and she's a little flashy. 
sometimes more than a little flashy. She has a great sense of fashion. Oh, perfectly great. Sometimes. Sometimes. Hey, I think that... You liked it when she was wearing pajamas. Got it. (laughs) I think she looks fly. Like, you know, like one episode she wore like this banging ass pink dress. I was like, damn, that shit looks fucking good. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes she looks great and sometimes she looks like she's losing her mind. That is true. Okay. Now, you said she plays a Russian Asian. I would not have thought that at all. She's actually British. I didn't know she was British. Yeah. Like, she she does that she does that Russian accent so damn well. I'm just like, shit, that girl's hat. They picked up that girl from, like, the Ukraine. Like, scooped her up. She actually does uh, a number of accents mm-hmm. throughout the show. So, it's so funny because she starts off Russian, and then you hear her playing other people depending on who, you know, someone expects her to be. And I'm like, wait, she's not Russian? Like, is she Russian? Yeah. What is she? And then you have to, like, go on Wikipedia or IMDb <laughs> and look her up. Yeah, um, I just had to Google that right now. I was like, hmm, is she Russian? Yeah, she she's not Russian. Uh-huh. Uh, there were times where I thought she was um, French. Yeah, she did. She did do. Yeah, she did do a, a French role mm-hmm. or a French accent a couple times. Yeah. yeah. So um, the show, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, I the soundtrack alone is something to watch the show for. Yeah, that's just banging. It's like, oh, my perfect kind of music. <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever you and I are watching it together, you'll like see me pop open my phone. I'm like, I gotta Shazam that. I gotta <laughs> Shazam that. She's so dope. Yeah, that soundtrack is really good. Um, So it's the relationship between this FBI agent and this uh, Russian assassin. Um, how they leave calling cards for each other, how they kind of only understand each other. It's like they're passing notes in class. Yeah, like they got that crush uh-huh. across, like, countries and shit like exactly. that. Exactly. And then, you know, how they deal with things in their everyday lives, too. Mm. So um, this is definitely, definitely worth watching. Now, where can, you, uh, where can you watch that? So right now you can watch it on Hulu. It's a BBC show. Um, yeah, the first two seasons are on Hulu, right? Yeah. And the third season is what on BBC or? Um, I think it's on BBC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I remember it's a BBC production, mm. so I think it's on BBC. Yep. So um, now mm-hmm. we did three things to watch. Two. Oh yeah, three. Three. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Mark can count. <laughs> I am so smart. Sorry, go on. Come on, no, no, you gotta finish that. S M R T. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I watched. Look, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. Okay. I watched specifically for this what not to watch part, a movie that I knew was gonna be terrible, just so I could tell you guys about it. So you know you should. Thank me for saving you, but do not, under any circumstances, except maybe the last 10 minutes if you really want to see, uh, you know, Zac Efron kind of look like Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. 
Okay. Don't watch that. Now this is the uh, <clears throat> this is the Ted Bundy uh, biopic, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I see that it's it's directed by Joel. Sorry, Joel uh, Berlinger, and it has. He Zach- also did um, the documentary. About Ted Bundy. Yeah, Confessions, uh, Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, correct? Yeah. That's on That's on Netflix as well. Yeah. So they're both on Netflix, and I watched that, and I watched a lot of it, uh-huh. and I was like, this is very boring. I can't believe he's making a movie on the same topic. I'm not interested. Uh-huh. Um, and I haven't really seen anything that I really enjoy Zac Efron in either, because I'm not one of those people who's like... Oh, he's eye candy. Let me watch this. Like, you are either a good actor or you're not. And, like, don't waste my time. Um, so, I will say that I was surprisingly, um, I was happy to see how he was acting in that one. Oh, okay. Okay. It seems like you were just going to kind of just, like, shred into him. Not him. Mm. He, it's not his fault. Like, okay. Let me, before I tell you what I hated about the movie. I like your preference. Look. Look. <laughs> Look. You know. Uh. Um, I had written something down about how it's like the film follows Ted Bundy, but not like doing these wicked and evil and vile acts. Uh-huh. Like, you know. The, the movie, you know, is in the title. Yeah. And the judge had told him in his sentencing that he, you know, how he was as a human or anything like that. Yeah, like the judge pretty much told the ti- set the title. Exactly. The movie That's where they got the, the title movie. from. I hate that so much. I like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> what I don't like, uh-huh. the whole movie was pretty much court proceedings. Yeah. It was so boring. Like... Well, I mean, to be more uh, specific, it doesn't just mainly follow, like, I, I'll probably say maybe about, like, 70% to 75% of the film is court proceedings. And you get, a, like, a little bit of, like, their, of his history, like, how he met his, how he met, because it's two stories. It follows Zac Efron and follows the, his girlfriend and how uh, she coped with that, the, mm-hmm. the whole trial and all that kind of stuff. Right. Still boring. <laughs> you can spin it any which way. Still boring. So here's uh, what I'm saying, okay? Zac Efron did a very good job mm. in that role. But it's like he was being held hostage by the writing or something. So every uh, attempt he made as Ted Bundy to try to get out of jail was basically just Zac Efron trying to jump out a window to get away from the fucking movie. <laughs> Like, he was trying to escape the movie, and it just kept dragging him back. So he, like, literally jumped out of a window in the movie, and it was obviously a metaphor of him trying to jump out of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I have, to, um, I have to agree with you with Zac Efron's acting. I'm not a... I, I think this is, like... It's maybe, like, the only thing of Zac Efron I've actually watched. I've seen, like clips and i know of him mm-hmm. like i never got into the whole high school musical thing but um yeah i've i i actually dug his acting in the movie like he kind of really got that 
that whole uh, Ted Bunny persona because you know I've, st- I've back in, in my youth I used to study I used to like read up on serial killers and Ted Bunny was one of them uh, which I never got like why people were like so they found him attractive but when I watched Zach Evans playing Ted Bundy I was like oh I can see the charm I can do- so I don't know if I saw the charm of Ted Bundy or if I just saw Zach Evans charming the shit out of me mm. charging the shit that sounds so weird it's um. I've seen him in other films. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him in High School Musical, but I anything I did see him in, which wasn't a lot of things, um, he always played like he had, you know, he was good to look at and he mm. was stupid. So, you know. Yeah, like he was like the bro dog or some shit, right? Yeah, he was the bro dog or yeah. he was just, you know, easily manipulated by women or whatever. Yeah. Um. So... To see him in a role like this, um, I would have liked to see him explore that dark side a little bit more because, Mm -hmm. like I said, there's a part towards the end where he really digs into his emotions and he honestly looks like a young Joaquin Phoenix. Like, his eyes get all watery and you could see, like, it's like the pain is, like, seeping out of his pores. Yeah, I got, like, there's that scene where... Um, I mean, spoilers for real life. That's big. This happened like thirty years ago, but like he gets sentenced, he gets found guilty, and he gets sentenced. And there's this really cool, intense scene where like the camera just like stays on him and slowly like zooms in on him, mm-hmm. or uh, dollies forward. There you go, and you just see his expression the entire time. Like I'm not gonna admit that I I committed these acts. Like he he said he did not commit these acts up until like he died. Mm-hmm. Well, no, well not until he died. Until like a few minutes before the execution happened. And um, Zac Efron, like, just stared at the camera, and you just see him, like, the tears actually coming down. I was just like, holy shit, this dude's, like, legitimately acting right now. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. So, uh, yeah. Maybe watch the beginning five or ten minutes, um, and then maybe watch the last ten minutes if you... But I'm just saying, don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, you you would say don't waste your time, right? So, uh, so what? Don't watch it. Yeah, just don't watch it. <laughs> um, you'll probably see Zach Efron in something else that's better later. Gotcha. All right, meat and potatoes of the show. Uh huh. We need to talk about Pikachu. So there I was. I woke up with a heavy case of amnesia in the middle of nowhere. The only clue to my past is Harry's name and address inside this hat. So, I made my way to the apartment, and that's when I found you and your stapler gun. Stop talking! You're a hallucination! You're a hallucination. So, you're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine. I can stop whenever I want. These are just choices. Another round, extra shot. Black as night. Thank you, sweetie. All right. I don't know. So... Um, we're going to talk about Detective Pikachu, mm. which you just heard. And, uh, I did not know what to really expect because, uh, Ryan Reynolds plays Pikachu. Mm. Um, and we also have, uh, tried and true Rob Letterman directing it. Uh, I would say tried and true, but I honestly, I don't really know. I did not watch anything <laughs> that... <laughs> he's ever done i don't think I, yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean 
I mean, that's you know. why this show is here. <laughs> uh, but no, I have. I've seen Goosebumps, um, which is kind of all right. I've seen a little bit of Monster vs. Aliens. I like the concept, but I just couldn't get behind it. Mm. Well, I don't know. The story was kind of whatever. Um, and then I do have to comment, though, on the writing <clears throat> or who they got for the writers. Um, they got Dan Hernandez and uh, Benji Samet for uh, who've written, who's written for The, the Tick. The recent take, the one that's on uh, Amazon I, Prime. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't checked that out. I haven't checked that out either. But I want to mention this one guy. His name is Derek Connolly, and he did this really great independent, independent, independent. <laughs> this really great independent film called Safety Not Guaranteed, mm-hmm. uh, starring Mark Duplass and uh, Audrey Plaza. That story was really good, and that movie was really good. Um, I believe it was directed by Colin Trevor too. So. Um, yeah, but once I heard that that dude was writing, I was like, okay, I'll definitely check it out because I like that dude's writing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, as you were saying, it stars Brian Reynolds. Okay, I don't know of anyone who doesn't love this guy. Ah, uh-huh. um, he's, he's like he, he should have been he should have been Ted Bundy. He's <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it would have been an entirely different show. Yeah, I know, right? Um, he's actually uh. He's like the younger generation's Nicolas Cage, I think. No, don't say yeah. that. What? Younger generations, look. Explain yourself. Because Nicolas Cage is jaded. And you think Ryan Reynolds is jaded? No, he's not jaded. That's the point. Okay. He's like... So like a pre-Nicolas cra- Cage. He's like... He's crazy. Okay. So, you know, but like in a good way. Okay. Like Nicolas Cage was crazy in an entertaining way. <sighs> he's turning crazy like in a dude are you all right kind of way now he is that's yeah. what I'm, that's my point okay i see what you're saying okay yeah okay. really you could get behind his crazy before but now you're just kind of like do i need to call the paramedics okay or maybe I, I need to call the paramedics <laughs> uh i i yeah i'll have to go with you with that on ryan reynolds i like ryan reynolds um yeah I, like he has great comedic timing mm. um He's actually a decent actor. I've seen some of like his serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, everybody like loves him as like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was kind of funny that they got Ryan Reynolds to play um, Pikachu because uh, Pikachu I remember, like, doesn't talk, and then how would he be with a man's voice? Yeah. Like, well, that, here's another thing. Like, I, I read an interview with. Uh, I forgot who was the who did the interview, but Brian Reynolds had pretty much said that when they approached him about doing the movie, they didn't have a script. Um, they had like a concept, mm-hmm. and he he was very hesitant to take the job because he thought like, "Well, am I taking this job from someone else who's more deserving?" And the interviewer had asked him like, "Well, did they talk to you about Danny DeVito doing Pikachu?" And I was just like. <laughs> Damn, that would have been dope, you know, as Danny, Danny DeVito. You thought Danny me. DeVito would be good as Pikachu? I thought it would have been hilarious. Come on. I can't get behind Danny DeVito. Uh, but yeah, they like... He's like everyone's creepy-ass uncle where he thinks he's funny and everyone kind of thinks he's funny, but you're looking at him and you're like, I don't get the appeal, but you're super fucking creepy. Well, I think because like now he has that creep factor because of uh, It's Always Sunny. Uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia kind of put that on him mm. but i remember watching his younger his younger stuff his earlier stuff and the dude was like really genuinely funny mm. um so before we go into spoilers i have to ask you 
What did you think about the movie? Overall, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm, okay. Um, I think it's worth watching. You know, whether you were a huge fan of Pokemon growing up or you not, you like you weren't, or uh, maybe you just go watch it because your kids want you to, but uh, you're you're going to love it. Like, I loved it. Yeah, I was, um, um, I was, I don't remember if I was hesitant when it came, actually, I was, I was more hesitant when Ryan Reynolds was cast, but they said like, oh, they're going to do like a Detective Pikachu. I'm like, okay, like her watching Pokemon, that was kind of my jam when I was younger. So let me see what's going on. And the more I watched the trailers, I was like, this is ridiculous, but damn, I, I'm going to watch this. Holy shit, I'm going to watch it. And I liked it. I liked it as well. It wasn't. It wasn't really that great. There are some problems which we will get into, but I was thoroughly, I was thoroughly entertained watching the film, and at the same time, it kind of blew my mind. Like, are we really fucking watching a Pikachu movie? <laughs> and not like, not like the Pokemon animated movies or anything. Like, no. Like, there's Justin, Justice Smith, a human interacting with a fucking yellow weird rabbit rat thing that mm. actually looks kind of real, <laughs> and. I, I definitely had to comment on the on the um, CGI. Mm-hmm. CGI was like on point. Like I really dug the CGI. You thought it was? Yeah, I thought it was great. I disagree. Oh my god, why? Look, without going into like super specifics before look, spoilers. I like the world building with the CGI. Mm-hmm. I did not like that it looked like the Pokemon they were using were plastered onto it. You, it was like you did really good CGI with the world building and then these characters that you created, it's like you kind of skimped on the budget or something and you could totally, it's like it didn't go with the scenery. It was like watching uh, like an animated cartoon over, uh-huh. real, over real world stuff. Like it just, okay. it didn't mesh very well and it didn't feel like they were moving with any kind of realism. I mean, they're not real. Yeah. They're not even like fake like they didn't move like they actually were like matter. Yeah, they the they same moved space. like they were computer generated. Okay, I didn't get that sense. I I can kind of see it maybe like in the scene because a lot of the movie took place at night, um, and that's they t- when you have low lighting in a CGI film, it's kind of easier to hide the faults within the CGI. But when it gets into the daytime, you really start seeing it. Like okay, that looks weird, or like the sun's not reflecting off that fur like it should be. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't. Your eye, your your vision, your um, your eye, your vision, whatever, was not fully convinced of like, okay, this is real. And maybe it's because it was that night, but I just mm. honestly am like, you know, some of the the emotions that they kind of try to portray, mm. it just came off as a little cheesy. Gotcha. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and jump into spoilers, and this is. How I'm going to introduce spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You can skip over if you want. I'll mark it on the way back. Shut up. Okay. That was spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, tell me, okay, so let's let's just start with what we liked uh, in, in specifics. What did you like about it? Uh, I honestly have to say that Pikachu mm-hmm. stole the show. Uh, so you're saying <laughs> Brian Reynolds stole the show. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I liked how um, it was Justice Smith is the, the main character, Yeah, he right? plays 10, yeah. 
I really like how he interacted with Pikachu. Yeah. I, I don't remember ever seeing him any, in anything before. Uh-huh. Um, but he he's a really good actor. Like, for a show like this, which is... A movie. Right? Or a movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. For a movie like this, is, that's just as much um, comedy and, you know, as it is drama. Mm-hmm. Um he does a really good job of switching back and forth and um, really like moving the, the story forward and making it believable. Yeah, he got... Like, a, he anchored it. Yeah, like he got... Because he was essentially... Um, he was the... I forgot what's the word I'm looking for, but he was like the audience. He was the audience in a sense of like, holy, like this is shit is kind of crazy, but I can't believe this shit's real. And, like, are we really buying this? Like, you know, like, like the fact that Pikachu could talk to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if our dogs or if our pets could talk to us, we'd be like, what the fuck? Are, are we really hearing this? And he mm-hmm. was kind of like the same way. Like, this is fucking real. I can't believe yeah, this shit. We were going through it with him and as yeah. opposed to just watching. Yeah, him. exactly. Exactly. Um, and, yeah. So he did a good job of selling that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I don't know. Do you have anything else more to say about him? Yeah. One thing I was really digging on was that a lot of the characters in the, in the movie were very like cartoonish and mm-hmm. very like kind of fit in that mold of that Pokemon world mm-hmm. while he was just like the realistic one. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like I can't believe this shit. I like, you guys aren't really listening to me. Like, you know, Charizard is going to like blast us or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, like, one thing I really dug was how um, he kind of like was this character who lost his father and was trying to find out if he's really dead or whatever. And then like the whole big reveal that his father's not dead. This is a spoiler section, so fuck off. <laughs> the fact that like he found out that his father is not dead, it kind of you really got that hard hitting feeling of like, holy shit, my dad's not dead. Like you were really with him when when that reveal happened. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, and, you know, obviously we are still talking about spoilers. Mm-hmm. When he first goes to um, Rhyme City. Yeah. And he's trying to find, you know, he's not going there to find out what happened to his dad. He's going there to his apartment to basically get closure and pack up his stuff. Yeah. Um, and th- I'll have to mention two things. Um, the trailer for the, for Detective Pikachu kind of confused me because I, I don't know why, but the trailer made me think that he's the only one who could see them. Really? Not just here, but like he could only, he's the only one who could see them. See the Pokemon? Yeah. Cause he was like, like it was all imaginary or something. And then like. That would be a whole different movie I if know. that was true. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> okay. That aside, uh-huh. when he realizes, you know, I'm talking to this Pikachu. This Pikachu thinks that my father's not dead. And then he goes, you know, since his father was a detective and, you know, he goes and talks to his former. Was he a boss or another partner? He was uh, like really. the chief. Like, like the chief. Yeah. I think. I think he was like a. I think at one point he was. He was. He was a chief, but he was a friend. As a well. friend. Yeah. yeah. That was played by uh, Ken Watanabe. Yeah. Mm. I honestly really like him too. His his um, parts were really minimal. Mm-hmm. 
but whatever he did, it, it was really hard hitting. Like he was really, um, like emotional or adamant. And I really enjoyed his, um, really enjoyed his take on that character. Like it added another layer of realism and another person that was real for, uh, justice to, to like kind of bounce off. To, of. Yeah. To kind of bounce off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, there's one part <laughs> to, to kind of speak the levels of like, su- not, not subtlety, like the realism in it. And then kind of like a kind of a little playing with, with reality or a real life situation is at the beginning of the movie. Um, Justice Smith's character, Tim is brought out in the field by a friend of his to catch a Pokemon. And Tim is like, like, like I don't do that anymore because he used to be a Pokemon trainer and now yeah. he's not. But like, what happens is like the dude is doing it like almost like it was a blind date. Like, come <laughs> on, you gotta get out there, man. You gotta catch a Pokemon. Everyone needs a Pokemon. It's like saying you gotta get out there. You gotta get a girlfriend. It'll make you feel a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And he like went on this blind date with um, I forgot what what kind of Pokemon it is. It's like that one that has like a the, oh uh, Cubone. Cubone, right? Which I which they mentioned. I did not know. Apparently, Cubone, the skull that Cubone wears, it's like the skull of like their ancestors mm-hmm. and i was just like what <laughs> <laughs> like that bone he probably like uses is probably like the bone of a former trainer or some shit like a yeah. femur bone or something like that but i re- i re- was cracking up at that part because i was just like wow it's like he's on a blind date mm-hmm. that's hilarious yeah um and it actually really sets up his personality and how he feels about things because they yeah. meant it i don't know like I like how when there's so much emotion in everyone's lives and you can find something small in a film that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and his friend's like, hey, Cubone is lonely. And he's like, <laughs> why do you want me to go be with him? Because I'm lonely. Like, And that, you know, of course, with the blind dating thing, yeah. that totally is relatable. But at yeah. the same time, in real life, in any person's life, if they have to deal with that kind of thing, it's kind of like... That awkwardness. That awkwardness of someone trying to push you out of being lonely. Yeah. Um, The soundtrack was pretty dope. It was a lot of like, kind of like synth wave kind of like jam to it, Mm -hmm. which I was really getting behind. I I think I might go try to pick up the soundtrack or see if it was on Spotify, because I was just really digging those beats. Yeah. I I did like the music a lot, too. Um, Mm -hmm. But I kind of don't remember it that much. I know I liked it, yeah. <laughs> but I think I was too distracted by Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we talked about what we liked about it. We have to talk about what we didn't like. And I got to lead the charge. Holy shit, the plot holes in this fucking movie are ridiculous. Like, some of it really doesn't make sense. Like, they they have to find, other than like... Justice Smith's character Tim and Pikachu trying to find out if his father's still alive. They also are trying to find Mewtwo. And they do. But it's kind of like, why are they finding Mewtwo? And why is Mewtwo absent? It's really weird how they do the whole Mewtwo plot. Yeah, okay. So I don't like the cheesy chase scene in the beginning. Um, For me, like you weren't so bothered by it, if I remember correctly. But for me, it was just kind of like... You are very obviously trying to grab the attention of the audience. Mm-hmm. And when you're being obvious like that, like, 
unless you're easily distracted. Like for me, mm-hmm. that I couldn't I couldn't get behind it because I'm like you're obviously like you're trying too hard. Yeah, it seemed very like it's a I know it's a movie, but it seemed too movie ish. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like we're in a chasing da 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 like it's just like whoa okay fuck yeah we're doing this. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the Foley artist, like, mm-hmm. I don't, for any one of you who don't know what a Foley artist is, that's the person who makes the sound effects so that they're more, like, you know, if you make a noise on a microphone, it's probably not going to sound like how you would expect it to sound. Yeah. So they use extra materials to make it sound the way it should sound. Yeah, steps on the rock doesn't sound like steps on the rock unless you actually put somebody with the right amount of pressure for the steps on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know, like I could kind of hear where they were like doing, they were doing some weird noises in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. it's not that it didn't completely go. Yeah. It was just like really obvious sound effect right there. Like I said, I didn't, I did not even catch that, but, but my, my hearing is much, much worse. I think what really got my attention was that, the car they were using in the chase scene with uh, the Dodge Avenger. <laughs> okay, look. That's a car that I had, okay? And I even know it was the 2008 model because that's the model that didn't have those fucking ugly-ass bubble taillights, right? Uh-huh. It had the stripes. Yeah. That's the exact car that I had because mm. I hated every car after that one, and I liked that car. It did not sound like a fucking Honda, Wait, so, oh my. And that car sounded like a Honda. Okay. All right. Kelsey, expert of Dodge Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) Calling out the shitty Foley effect (laughs) for doing the wrong car. No, no, please, please. You know. Stupid. That's all. Stupid. (laughs) You know. Uh, Uh, There's that. uh And then I also have to say... The actress that they chose to play with Justice, oh. she's really bad. Yeah, what? What? what, what, what I don't even know the girls. Oh, Catherine Newton. Yeah, holy shit. I think, to tell you the truth, now I'm thinking about it, I think she was in the wrong film. I think she was maybe supposed to be in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Really? Because her acting is like way too like robotic and like frenetic at the same time. It was really weird and how how they introduce her character. I know they were trying to give like the whole. Uh, investigative, investigative journalist kind of vibe to it, but it was just like, okay, you're. I don't. She like was you. like a keyboard warrior come to life. <laughs> yeah, like she had way too much emo. She had way too much emotion about how things should be and in the injustices of the world, and she really wanted to get somewhere, but she had no fucking chill. <laughs> like, I think because she had no chill. That's why she had Psyduck. That's why she had Psyduck? <laughs> Psyduck has no fucking chill. And there you go. She had no chill. No, she, that's the thing. <laughs> if you're going to have a Psyduck, yeah. you have to have chill. Otherwise, Psyduck's going to murder you within the first five minutes. Yeah, with his like, psionic blast and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think about his pants? You mean his pants that kept falling off mm-hmm. for like no? It wasn't no reason. Well, yeah, there was I a mean, reason. I mean, he he took his belt off. Yeah, I forget why. 
Because it was yeah, because like it was like those weird monkey Pokemon, those purple monkey Procodon things went crazy from mm-hmm. getting that purple. Um, I think he shit. used it as like a like he was gonna zip line or something. No, 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 no. They were pulling on his pants. No, now I remember. They were pulling on his pants. Oh, on his and, belt. He, yeah. They had him by the belt, and yeah, he took and his he belt pull, off. Yeah, and his pants came off in the process. And, and they gave him, after like they calmed down, they gave him his pants. We're like, oh, here's your pants. And he's like, holy shit. And the pants... Well, don't, but they didn't come off right away. The belt came off right away. Like, he gave them the belt, and he took off running, but his pants kept falling down, and they got a hold of him again, and his yeah. pants came off. Yeah, and I think even, like, Pikachu or Ryan Reynolds made a comment. He was like, why are your pants all loose? I think like he made like a little small little joke yeah. during the movie, which is pretty weird. You know, yeah, I was, I, it was like it was obvious you're gonna put huge pants on him to try to make the scene funnier, but it's mm. like he wasn't wearing big pants before, you know. So bad why directing. is he wearing big pants now? Yeah, that that's bad writing right there. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, one thing I you and I kind of had it a. <clears throat> you and I had an agreement on this about uh, one, of, one of the faults of this movie, and it was like the attempt to misdirect the audience on who the bad guy was. <laughs> Let me tell you my notes about this. Okay. I literally wrote down, you know, when it came to who the bad guy was, who was behind Mewtwo's capture and all of that. Yeah. I wrote down, son, yup. <laughs> and then I'm like, Five minutes later, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Father, actually? Yup. Like, before it happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, I, wait, I want you to read, I want you to read it, like, how, exactly how, how you wrote it, because it's actually pretty funny. That's, that's exactly how I wrote oh, it. Oh, okay, all right. I was like, son? Yup. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Be original, please. <laughs> oh, wait, it's going to be the father, isn't it? Fucking yes. <laughs> Kelsey's haiku. Haiku for this episode. Oh, no. The haiku. <laughs> the haiku. Oh, no. The haiku. That's for something else. For, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting, my, I'm getting my shit mixed up. But yes. <laughs> yeah. That, <clears throat> that the, the villain, um, they, 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 give it, they give you an obvious telling of who the villain is, and then they try too hard to misdirect you. At one point, I even thought they want you to think that Mewtwo is evil. Yeah, well, oh yeah, even that too. So they're like, it's like, okay, so they're like, oh, things aren't as what they seem. Uh-huh. So then is the father evil? Is mm. the son evil? Is Mewtwo evil? Is Tim's dad evil? <laughs> is everyone in the world fucking evil? Maybe Tim's evil because he's nice, so he's the villain in their world. Who fucking knows? <laughs> I don't know now. I don't know. You do know, because they tell you who the villain is. One thing that I thought was pretty funny is, yeah, they, they play with the idea that Mewtwo is evil. But that's not the first time that we've gotten wind of that. And it's not even just, like, from the animated movies. They really fuck with that, like, in the video games and in the cartoon, that Mewtwo is somehow evil. But he, just because he looks evil, like... It's not because he looks evil. It's because <clears throat> people assume that he has the power. Uh-huh. He has so much power with his mind and he can manipulate so many things mm-hmm. that he's inherently evil mm-hmm. and they treat him that way. And then they get surprised when he actually turns out to be evil because he's acting on how he's been treated. Yeah. Where yeah. if they would have shown him some compassion to begin with, just like anything else in the world. Yeah, he wouldn't be evil. He wouldn't be evil. He'd yeah. be like, oh, you guys are fucking cool. Let me help you. Yeah. Um, so as speaking about speaking of the villain of the 
you know, the villain of the movie, his plan is pretty stupid. It like doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, his mission is there, but like how it gets to it is just pretty dumb. It's dumb. I don't. Okay, so what kicked it off? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you get the chase scene. Yeah. You don't know who's evil, who's really like why they're chasing Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of play with the fact that Tim's dad went to like the Amazons or some shit to go capture him. Yeah, like the yeah, the reason why they caught Mewtwo was his uh some evil corporate or the the guy who runs the corporation hired him to capture Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. It was like, damn, like how good was it a detective is he to capture a mythical Pokemon? Like holy shit. Yeah. Um and then like the whole thing about like transferring people's bodies inside Pokemon so they can be like the next day of evolution was pretty fucking far out there. And then, but like the way how he made that happen was like, okay, I got to take a step back and really think, why does that make sense? And should I really be thinking about that? Yeah. Which is pretty dumb. It, 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 it could, it, it, his plan would not go as far as that city. I mean, it would go as far as that city and then like they would just nuke the shit out of it or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should give the ending away. Oh, no, we're not going to... I mean, we already gave a lot. We gave quite a bit of it away. But the ending is... Um, I don't know. I was I dug the ending. Not a whole lot. Um, but they've already greenlit a second Pikachu, Detective Pikachu. But the way how it ends is like, I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. No, like... The, f- the film kind of gets me with, you know, in the beginning with, uh, you know, how funny Pikachu is and, mm. you know, the kid. Um, it really loses me along the way. Pikachu is still very interesting. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know what's going on anymore because it really <laughs> kind of doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And then you get to the end and, you know, everything's wrapping up and... You you kind of feel like it's where it should have been all along. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you get past that hump of, I don't really know what's going on. And you, it starts to make a little more sense after you forget everything else that already happened. Yeah. So. So, would you recommend this? Would you recommend this for anybody to watch? I think <laughs> it's fun. I think don't watch it in theater. Yeah, it's definitely not a theater going experience. Yeah, I mean, it's a if it. I mean, if it was summer, if it was actually hot, it'd be perfect to take your kids to go watch it and then sit in a cool theater. But it's not that hot, so yeah, yeah. Just but. sit at home and eat some popcorn, and you know, yeah. So the uh, the next film we're going to talk about mm-hmm. is the. Oh, you have Death to Do over here. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to let Kelsey... I want Kelsey to go into that whole Death Bed Do-Over <laughs> thing. All right. My bad. We're going <laughs> to do Death Bed Do-Over. Mm-hmm. This is something that we've been talking about doing for a little bit, and we didn't know what to call it. Um, but basically, we're going to um, talk about a film that really held your attention in the beginning really held your attention through the middle of it and then it gets towards the end and it just falls apart and you're like 
but you were such a good film up until now. Yeah, essentially like movies that like shit the bed in the third act. Yeah, so it's it's you know on its deathbed, and now we're gonna do it over. Yeah, right? we're gonna give us like we can give it another chance. Um, but we have to do some honorable mentions here. Yeah, it it the, the it didn't originally start as deathbed do over. We had kind of a. An idea of what we wanted to call it. Uh, Kelsey came up with some great names that had me <laughs> cracking up. Uh, so we actually took it. We actually took it to Facebook and took it to the polls. Um, many people selected, or many people would pick their choices. Um, but I'm going to have Kelsey say, <laughs> t- tell us <laughs> some of the titles that we were going with. <laughs> well, the poll was between Death But Do Over or um, Third Act Purge. Yes. So, uh, Death But Do Over obviously won. Mm. Uh, but other choices were Yank Tank, you know, <laughs> which sounds awfully dirty now that I think yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one is, what the fuck did I just watch? Okay. Very relatable. Yep. The Holy Fail. Yeah, that's corny. That's cheesy. But <laughs> the we're Holy all about Grail to, of Fails, yeah, you know. We're all about that cheese. Mm-hmm. And Fatal Retraction. No, I think with that fatal retraction, that sounds kind of weird now. It does. <laughs> it does. It sounds, it sounds so like, weird. you know, if a guy came out of really cold water. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the poll was on our Facebook page, which is um, at real at The Real Appeal on Facebook. Uh, you can join that page, whatever you like. Um, yeah, but we took a poll and the people voted and they chose Death Bat Doer. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're gonna go. Um, Kelsey, do you want to tell? Do you want to say or tell the audience what is the movie that we're gonna be trying to revitalize? The the Ben Affleck classic. <laughs> <laughs> the the cinema genius. Yeah, 2016 classic. <laughs> <laughs> the accountant. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't remember, The Accountant is directed by Gavin O'Connor, uh, starring Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, and John Barathol. Um, the story was uh, a man as a sorry as a math a savant uncooks the books for a new client. The Treasury Department closes in on his activities, and the body count starts to rise. Pretty much about a hitman who um, he's autistic. He's autistic, but he's like the ultimate hitman. You know? No, I remember um, going to a screening of this. Um, just as a side note, and they were, he was talking about, um, how important it was because, because of the autistic nature of the, because of the autistic nature. I don't know if he had someone he was related to that had autism or something like that, but, mm-hmm. um, it had a, um, it was really important for the people who were making the film. I don't know if it was him or actually the director. Oh, okay. It was somebody, somebody close to the film that, um, it was just really important for them to, to do this. Okay. Um, so there were, the reason why we want to revitalize this or we want to try to save it is that there was about three plot twists that, that it was like, what the fuck? Um, one plot twist was to reveal that Simmons, uh, J.K. Rowling, sorry, J.K., I'm sorry, King, J.K. Simmons' character was in a way kind of working with Ben Affleck, like, Ben Affleck's character was getting these uh, contracts through like a voice on on the phone, mm-hmm. and this voice is also in contact with J.K. Simmons' character, who worked for the t- t- sorry, Treasury Department, who was trying to hunt him down. But he was like, in a way, kind of like this voice would contact him and be like, "Hey, this is a bad person. You might want to go 
check them out and stuff like that. So that was plot twist one. Plot twist two was uh, the reveal that John Barrow's character, Braxton, was Ben Affleck's brother. Mm -hmm. Which was another, what the fuck? (laughs) That scene totally came off as like two teenage, not even teenage, like 10-year-old kids having a spat over who stole yeah, the other one's brothers. favorite toy or some shit. Yeah, yeah. And or my mom is <laughs> more important to me I know. because yeah. said, you're ugly. Mommy said stop it. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, John Barthol was uh, Ben Affleck's older brother in, in the movie. That was one reveal. Which is weird. Yeah. He actually came off as more of a younger brother. Yeah, yeah. I think actually Ben Affleck is maybe like maybe six years older than John Barathol. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the final reveal, or, yeah, the final reveal was um, the voice, the British female voice that was in contact with Ben Affleck's character was actually an autistic woman that he had befriended as a child. Uh, she did this through the aid of, like, of a supercomputer that he bought for her. That could actually like communicate. That was the way how she would communicate with people. Mm-hmm. But I guess she was what's it called, like an idiot savant or something like that, and was able to like get this information. Gave Ben Affleck his like secret, his multiple identities. You know, changed numbers around all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I remember when we when we saw that movie. My take was on my take on the film was they took any twist they can think of. Whatever shitty, however shitty it was, and just threw it at the wall, and saw what stuck. And like, yeah. these were the three that stuck. I don't usually get irritated by film. This mm. one irritated me because I was like, <laughs> it's good. It's kind of good. Like, <laughs> you know, and even Anna Kendrick, she can be irritating sometimes, but she's actually not that bad in this film. Yeah. And then um, you get to the point where they start with the twist, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? Like, yeah. you just keep going, and you're just, okay, like, after the third twist, you're just like, oh, <laughs> does anyone have a gun? Can I please just use it right now myself? Okay, so we're going to try to save this movie with our, our versions, how it should have <laughs> yeah, ended. Yeah, our, our deathbed do-over. <laughs> All right, so here, here's what I think how it should have ended. So Ben Affleck, at the event of the movie, Ben Affleck gets away. He, like, drives away into the sunset. Mm. So Ben Affleck is in his car with his trailer, one of big whatever the fuck it's called, on the back. Pulls up. He crosses, like, city lines. He crosses, like, some city lines, goes through the city. He's going through, like, um, kind of like a really, really nice, richy area. And, well, he's going out. He's going through the woods, and it leads to, like, a mansion. Beautiful, big house. Beautiful big mansion, all these gates and everything. Takes the car in, you know, doors open, goes in, parks the car there, gets out, you know, straightens his body up and everything, goes inside, and right there at the door to greet him is fucking Alfred Pennyworth, his butler, and come to find out he's Batman. And that's <laughs> this is his idea of a vacation. A a bit of um a bit of uh vigilante uh, justice, where he could kill people but not be identified as Bruce Wayne himself. <laughs> or Batman. Yeah, or Batman. So this is pretty much Batman on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, one that I um, I thought about was mm. um, Chris meets up with his brother. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And uh, they do all that, you know, the brother bonding. Uh, oh no, you—that's yours. That's mine. Yeah, what was mine. what was yours? Yours was something similar. No, these are all yours. Oh, Dookie. Okay, we're so sorry. So, uh, why Kelsey gets hers? I'm gonna go ahead and actually finish that one. <laughs> uh, so another way how it could have ended is that uh, in the movie, um, Chris tells. Uh, Beneath's character tells John Barathol's character Braxton, you know, hey, I'll I'll meet you. Like we'll meet. You, I'll meet you like later on. You know, like we're gonna do it. We're gonna duke it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they <laughs> so they go and meet up, and they're like, all right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. yeah, we're gonna do this. And they just do all the uh, brotherly bonding that they uh, missed out on growing up. You know, they go play baseball. They go to theme parks. Um, you know, Chris is having his first drink, his first joint. You know, given by his brother. And at one point, they go off and kill somebody together, smiling, just choking the shit out of them, you know, with the song, um, You're my best friend, just plays in the background. Mm. And they live happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of my ideas uh-huh. is he, Chris, you know, his the character's name is Chris. Mm-hmm. He's fighting with his brother, you okay. know, in that epic battle. And when it comes to that twist, and, you know, he pulls off his mask. Yeah. Cut to, it's Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. You have my intention. You have my my attention. All right. So, you know, the twist is that it's actually Chris all along fighting himself. And then we get to the next twist. And, you know, he's trying to, you hear the voice. Of the person, it's not an actual po- a person's voice. It's like a robotic voice, you know, mm-hmm. the voice that's been giving him the information all along. And when you see the person at that camp where all the autistic children are, and the camera pans up, and who do you see? Who? Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody that was ever in the film is Chris. It's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty wild one, but I think it probably would have been a better ending than what we got. Yeah. Um, do you have another one that you like to share? <laughs> um, I actually don't remember what it was. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and throw I'll go ahead and throw one out that um, I th- <laughs> I'll go ahead and throw one out that um, so. Chris had befriended uh, Andy Kendrick's character. They were just kind of like a, um, maybe a relationship that was developing between the two. And um, by the end of the movie, you know, Chris takes off and he gives Anna Kendrick like this painting that she wanted, you know, in secret and shit. So she takes the painting and she hangs it on her wall. And it's like a painting I think it's maybe like on the black market. So what happens is that her friend comes by. One of her friends comes by and sees the painting. She look at the painting and like, hmm, that painting looks familiar. The friend does a bit of research mm-hmm. and finds out that the painting's on the black market. Well, that friend runs Anna Kendrick, and Anna Kendrick's like, "You should have found out." And then she's, <laughs> and then Kendrick like snaps the friend's neck, and then you kind of you, it's it's quickly revealed that Anna Kendrick was actually an assassin that was trying to get close to Chris so that she can kill him and be the top assassin. And then she didn't get her chance, and then that's when the movie ends, and it's like accountant too. And then Anna Kendrick's character goes after Ben Affleck. Boom.
Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's our <laughs> that's our way of saving this clusterfuck of a film. Mm. Well, clusterfuck of a third act of a film. Uh, you have anything else you want to try to put a twist in it or anything like that? You get <laughs> no. I think. I think I've had enough of the twists. <laughs> you know, the twists. They're the twi- so twisty. I know. They're, yeah, very twisty, as as my friend Pikachu once said in a movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that is that is our deathbed do-over for this week. Yeah. So, you know, but right before you're on your deathbed, <laughs> you're a geriatric, mm-hmm. right? So yes. we're going to do what we like to call geriatric cinematic, and that is the old film that we're going to review that Mark has seen before mm-hmm. and I have not. And what's that film? It is Pokemon, the first movie. Welcome to the stadium. Get ready for the ultimate showdown. Mew versus Mew 2. all your skill bring all your courage the pokemon match of all time is here all right um i want to hear your take on you know what's your nostalgia for this film well i grew i i grew up with i grew up watching pokemon i Watched the cartoon. I kind of got into the card game. I, excuse me. I did play the video game for a little while. And I actually went to go see that movie in theaters. Um, Pokemon, the first movie, came out about 1998. Um, and I had, a, I had a bunch of friends that actually was really into Pokemon. Um, there was a close friend of mine in high school who would actually sing the Pokemon rap as he was getting ready for gym class <laughs> and the dude knew it like off the back he like <laughs> he knew all the pokemon knew all their names and he was not ashamed of it he was like yeah man pokemon's like the shit mm. and um i remember i remember really digging the movie i think it was actually the first anime like japanese animated movie i saw in theaters uh because it came out in 98 uh either 98 or 90 no it came out in 99 i think yeah 99 and yeah it was like the first anime movie i thought it was really dope um, so I was just like, Hey, I got to show Kelsey this movie. And we did. And we watched it. Boy, did we ever, <laughs> I have some notes. <laughs> so as somebody who didn't really appreciate <laughs> the greatness of Pokemon, what did you think about, about this? I, movie? It's not that I didn't appreciate the greatness of Pokemon. Mm. But I was a really responsible child. Oh, okay. So Pokemon's too silly. I gotta be. No, it's not that it's too silly. It's just you know, cleaning and <laughs> other stuff. Watching yeah. fucking shitty detective shows with my mom my whole life. Which ones? Let's talk about those. No, I'm, <laughs> joking, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, anything with Steven Seagal. Some Ugh. of them were good, but not okay. most of them. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what I thought about the film mm-hmm. 
is man, I missed Misty. Really? Yeah, I she was your favorite. Her like, it's not that she was my favorite. I think when I was younger, maybe Ash was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I liked Brock's name for some reason. Like Brock is like really like I don't know. It's like a cool name. I've actually uh, I was having problems with my internet last year. No, about two years ago. And the guy who helped me over the phone, his name was Brock. Mm, was his last name Lesnar? Yes, it was the wrestler. <laughs> he he gave me a he gave me a suplex suplex city deal mm. on internet. No, no, the guy was really nice. Actually, I was I actually like wrote his name into my phone. I was like, Brock, it's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, sounds like you had a crush. No, no. Um, maybe. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go on, go on, go on. Uh, I don't know. I think she's just like maybe the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really talk like a whole lot. I think she's just more or less like you feel comfortable or safe around her because Ash is kind of wanting to explore and he doesn't think things through all the way. And mm-hmm. and Brock's kind of just a horn dog. Yeah. Um, well, before we really get into like those parts, we have to mention the plot of the movie which i didn't realize that detective pikachu really took from it um because in in pokemon the first movie it's it's the creation of mewtwo and mewtwo is like i am the pokemon master i'm gonna create like a pokemon super race which kind of sounds like hitler yeah (laughs) um and then yeah like hit like the the escape is very really familiar like from the first movie Mm-hmm. Like he kinda, like, yeah, he, he breaks out of the lab. And, yeah, and he, he, yeah, he like decimates like <laughs> like scientists. He just kills a bunch of scientists. Like fuck this shit. <laughs> blows up like the lab. Blows up the island. Mm-hmm. You know, murdering rampage and shit. And uh, Ash, Brock, and Misty are given this invitation to come to a, an island for a Pokemon tournament. And you know, Ash, you know, he gets a hard on for Pokemon tournaments. Mm. Or battles, like he tricks and Brock up. just gets a hard on because he can. Yeah, like watching, you know, commenting on nurses that disappeared, you know, saying <laughs> how hot they were. <laughs> she's she's really small. Yeah, she's really pretty. But she's really pretty. Boy, that was creepy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, and that happened. And um, you know, there's this battle between clone Pikachu uh clone Pokemon and like regular Pokemon and Mewtwo is essentially like the Pokemon master and it, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much the story. Yeah. It's, it's a big Pokemon battle. Um, this film made my sarcasm come out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just going to go through a few of the things that I wrote down. Yeah. You know, we'll comment. We'll, I'll stop and we'll comment on why that why I commented on it. And we could talk about that. We'll, we'll do it that way. Okay. Okay. First thing, the narrating in the beginning sounds like animal planet narrating <laughs> yeah they kind of set it up like that too like yeah it was very much shots. like oh my god they're in their natural setting what the, are they doing yeah. oh my god this pokemon <laughs> he's like doing this one thing <laughs> did you notice the pokemon song being sang in the background <laughs> but like creepily whispering yeah and, i wanna be the very best it was like whoa <laughs> Okay, Mewtwo, his writing, mm. like how he speaks, kind of reminds me of my older daughter. Um, She's but in monologue? 
Your yes. daughter monologues. Oh, she, she does monologues. She monologues. Okay. Um, he hears voices. And then he goes, those voices, they're outside where I must be. Like, who would say that? A uh, uh, clone? <laughs> Someone barely born? <laughs> and, you know, he hasn't broken out yet. He's just sitting there thinking this to himself while he's being, you know, he's in that fucking tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think his eyes are shaped like my little pony's eyes. <laughs> Yo, you said that? And I was like, all right, I can't get that image out of my head now. Thanks. Like I can't take that. I can't take him serious now. Um, should I mention the next one? Yeah, yeah, go right ahead. Why does he have a banging body? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Your, I wrote he's thick. Yeah, your words quote thick. Yeah, with two C's thick. And I didn't think about that in, until you said that. I was like, well, he's got some thick ass thighs. Holy shit. Yeah. Um. Oh, there we go. Um, so, oh, some of the some of the some of the music was it was corny. It was like really of its time, but like the way how they introduced the movie is they did it like a upbeat it another. Uh, sorry, they they did a different variation of the intro mm-hmm. or the, the the Pokemon theme song that you've heard at the beginning of this episode. Mm. Um, but it was very like R and B esque, like just really like super upbeat but you can tell like they they actually hire some black singers to do it and i was actually really digging to it i was i was you were digging on it and i was like what did i say i said something about michael jackson i was like this version of the theme song sounds like if michael jackson impersonator wrote it (laughs) it probably was him (laughs) i think i also said something about if uh if uh rock music had a baby with elevator music yeah, there's something wrong with the music in this film. I was, I, well, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It, well, they made it, they made it, um, it's like they, because in the show, the music is pretty epic. It's very anime epic. And you can tell, like, they gave it, like, a big budget, a bigger budget, so they had to make the music more epic, but it just mm-hmm. sounded cheesier, or, like, yeah. it sounded like they're trying too hard. So, it's very meh on it. Exactly. So, you know, we're going along in the film a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh... So we have a big epic story, right, with Pokemon Tears, and then it devolves <laughs> into it being the reason for all the weather. The tears? Yeah. So it was like they were giving some, you know, like Asian backstory, you know, how they oh, make everything so yeah, epic. that was weird. So, and it was really out of place, like, you know... They, they were all in the little, that center, you know, where the ferry is. And they were trapped there because of the bad weather. Mm. They were talking amongst themselves or, you know, whatever. And I think it was one of the nurses or something. She was, like, talking about how Pokemon tears made the water. And when they're upset, you know, like in the old, you know, before humans can remember anything. When they were upset, there was just so much, wa- you know, rain coming down and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like really the story just kind of came out of fucking nowhere. Like I don't even know why that woman said that story no. or who so, that woman was. So she came up with this backstory, and then she's like, "And that's the reason why the ferry was canceled." <sighs> no, no, that was the 
the other chick next to her was like, and that's why that it was just like, whoa, that was a weird segue. <laughs> um, yeah, they like they were touching on some heavy topics of of Pokemon, like Mewtwo trying to find his place in the world and like being a clone and not knowing who he is and all that kind of shit. I actually um, read that the whole pl- oh, and then it, it, the plot had like devolved into like. We're, we shouldn't fight. You know, fighting is bad. I think they even said that in the movie, fighting is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I read that that's in the American version. There's no mention of that in the Japanese version, like, at all. Really? Yeah, I've never seen the Japanese version. I'm dying Ugh. to see what was, like, the whole plot of that. Yeah, so when you get to that whole part where they're all fighting each other. Yeah. eventually. Let's like, just the- talk about how much Ash falls. Yeah, it, it, as the movie, like, once... Once everybody gets an idea of what Mewtwo's trying to do, Mewtwo's like cloning all these Pokemon. He essentially like sends the clone Pokemon to fight the regular Pokemon, and they're just like this. And, and music becomes a problem again. So we gotta <sighs> sing about how everyone's brothers. And yeah, don't fight my brother, fighting brothers. Like, whoa, <laughs> we're doing this. So Ash is just climbing. So this is what I wrote about oh, that. Kelsey's yeah. haiku. Yep, get Ash. It. Climb, climb, climb. Everyone fall down, down, down. Pain, indignant monologue, self-reflection, sad, tears. Boo-hoo. Cue the metaphor for racism and moral of the story. (laughs) Kelsey's haiku for this week. (laughs) Yeah, he like he was he kept falling all over the place, and at one point, uh, at one point, like Mewtwo throws like a psionic a psionic ball at him. Oh no, he throws a psionic ball at Mew, and it misses Mew, and then he like and it hits Ash instead. Yeah, yeah and Ash is like just standing there, just like <laughs> he's not with the other Pokemon. He's just like standing like there, and he's like whoa, like. Oh. And that's not the thing that like kill, almost kills them. Yeah, apparently they didn't kill him. No. Yeah, no. He has to get in between the battle mm. and turn to stone and everyone's crying. Yeah, there's this and part where like Mew, Mew and Mewtwo sends like this blast to hit each other and Ash is like, <laughs> and then he's turned to stone. And, you know, and after all is said and done, you know, Mewtwo has to come out with his, you know, epic thoughts here. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. And then I wrote, kill me now. (laughs) Please. Jesus Christ. That shit was so ridiculous. And then like all the all the Pokemon started to cry. The clones and the regular Pokemon. And they're crying and crying. And then their tears start just floating towards ash and apparently pokemon tears can bring you back to life yeah exactly <laughs> so why like we... why didn't they harness that power yeah. they could make a movie about that why 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 are they not funding that research <laughs> pokemon tears probably cure cancer so look after everything is said and done you have mewtwo who sees everything that he's done that's wrong mm-hmm. right and he's like perhaps for you these events are best forgotten <laughs> right Yes. So, translation. I fucked up. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. So, I'm going to run away now and make you forget. Bye. Yeah. And at the, um, and then 
it jumps like back in time and Ash, Brock, and Misty are back on the pier where they were going to get on the ferry to get to the island. They don't have any memory of what happened, which leads the question. Mewtwo has reality warping abilities and he can make time go back. Like, what the fuck? Where, and where are they going now? Because there's no battle. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, like, he takes he takes all the clone <laughs> Pokemon and just flies away. And like, that's it. <laughs> Happy. The end. <laughs> Um, uh, a bit of a trivia about this movie. Yeah, th- so that's how the movie ends, and we're just—I I don't remember. I this is one of those cases where, like, I kind of remember the movie, but after watching it, I thought, "Why did I watch this? Holy shit!" I guess I was just like swept up in all that Pokemon love. I was just like, this "Yeah, movie's great." Um, and that makes sense because uh, apparently it was the highest-grossing movie until Toy Story Two. So I think you weren't alone in that. Yeah, I mean, that's unless you so- had like. A bunch of money and bought all the tickets. Maybe. No. <laughs> Maybe you, you did and Mewtwo made you forget. Yeah. Um, also, the movie was actually considered, was actually going to be considered as a serious finale for the TV show. Um, but that didn't stop because I think there's so many Pokemon episodes like now. Yeah. I think maybe they underestimated how popular it would be. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, What's your, so what's your final take on this Pokemon movie? Do you think you missed out? That's the question I'm going to ask now. At the end of every one of these, did you think you missed out? Did, did I think I missed out? Fuck no. <laughs> You're going to have to pause for that. No. You seem pretty um, determined with your decision. <laughs> I mean, you could try to convince me otherwise. Not I'm just going gonna to look at you and tell you that you're an idiot <laughs> not going to and walk away not going to at all <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah that's uh well that's the end of our geriatric cinematic review right yep that's the end of geriatric cinematic mm-hmm. that also concludes the show um if you liked it please let us know mm-hmm. uh we would really like to hear your opinion on any segment, you know, geriatric cinematic, mm-hmm. um, you know, death but do over. Yeah, you can, um, uh, if you like, you can contact us at Gmail, excuse me, at Gmail at uh, the real appeal, the real appeal at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Real with two E's, no way. Um, we're on Twitter now. We are the real appeal at appeal real. <laughs> That was the name that was best available for us. So it's Appeal Real, like I said, Real with two E's, and our Facebook page, which is uh, Real Appeal. So you guys have no excuse not to contact us. Yeah, because we have Real Appeal. Yeah, we have the Real Appeal of podcasting. Yeah, all over social media. (laughs) Not on Instagram or Tumblr. Well. Not yet. Slacking. Oh, I'm sorry. Slacking. Sorry. Slacking. Slacking. (laughs) Falling. All right. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening. And um, we will see you for the next show that we we do. Whatever that is. Yeah. We don't even know yet. (laughs) It's a secret. All right. Bye. (laughs) 